Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to their own sports podcast. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 7 o'clock at night here. And uh, we're ready to get the podcast rolling to start looking towards week three and uh, go over week two. So the uh, the format of the podcast for this week is going to be uh, we're going to go game by game, breaking down the lines, giving uh, me and Rob will be giving our takes on what we learned from week two and what uh, we think's coming up here in week three. And then towards uh, the end of the podcast, we're going to do a, a little explanation exploration on uh, some betting concepts um each week and this week we're going to start out with uh just really emphasizing the the overall importance of getting good numbers on games and and uh what most nfl games uh are likely to end on so in turn what are the most valuable numbers to get and and then at the very end of the podcast we'll each give out a uh, as pick of the week and uh, look forward to those coming here at the end. So, to uh, get a roll, and let's uh, bring on Rob here from Vegas. How uh, how you doing, Rob? What's going on, Frank? I'm uh, pretty good. Pretty excited here to talk some football. Uh, on a side note, other than the football itself, had some good news last weekend. Uh, one of the companies I'm invested in just got a pretty big investor. So on the outside the sports betting front, that's that's pretty good. So that's a little encouraging for that. All right, good to hear. What? Uh, how did week two treat you uh, overall? Uh, just pretty good. Pretty good weekend. Should have been better. Um, I had the indie game just was pretty frustrating. It looked pretty good there. They're down by three and had a drive with Andrew Luck to go down there to tie the game or whatever. But when I had six points, it's looking pretty good. And then they end up turning it over a couple times and uh, just uh, pretty rough. Yeah, that last fumble six. To uh, really seal the non-cover was just just tough to watch. That's for sure. I think you had a nine and a half in your pocket in the game, didn't you? <laughs> yep, I I jumped in there before the that in the last indie score when they were down ten and took them plus nine and a half at plus money, and then after they had their touchdown, was feeling feeling pretty good about that. But uh, that's that'll happen. So you just basically gotta take those as they come, and you know not. Not get too mad about it and stay level-headed and just keep plugging away and hopefully a couple of those break your way. And in the long run, you end up making a little bit of money. Yeah, and the same thing, the Saints. I had a 43, I had a 43 and a 43 and a half, but that uh, little kickoff punt return there and some turnovers and just uh, pretty brutal, but what are you going to do? On the Saints? 
No, on the Monday night game, the, the Bears. Oh, Bears okay. Philly. Yeah, the Bears-Eagles. Bears-Philly game, yeah. Yeah, that had no business even coming close to the total from, from what I was watching. I agree. So, that, yeah, that's the way it is. And, let's, uh, you know, overall, I think you said is is a good week, so it's a lot less uh, memorable to talk about the ones you won with than it is the couple gut punches that got taken from you at the end, so... That's why it's sports betting, all right, and gambling. Exactly. So, all right, well, let's uh, just get into the games here, and we'll try to keep her to uh, about five minutes at most a game to cut down the length of the podcast here because it got away from us a little bit last week. I, know, I had I had a lot of requests saying we should try to get it over two hours this this time around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cut it to a half hour a game? I think so. Then maybe they can finish, people can finish listening up by the time the game started here on Sunday. All right. All right. Um, so, first game here we got is the the Thursday nighter with uh, Houston at New England. What uh, what did you guess for that line? Uh, this is I made my guesses after the Minnesota game Sunday night. I wanted to make sure I was prepared to watch that uh, thrilling of a game, so I uh, didn't do it till after the game. But I had New England minus two and a half is what my guess was. And how about you? I had it at New England minus one. I wasn't uh, wasn't sure exactly what uh, how to really take the Garoppolo injury, so I just kind of threw that out there. But what uh, what did it open at? Yeah, it looks like it's opening two two and a half, or Westgate opened two and a half, and then uh, for Houston. Yeah, two and a half towards Houston, which was kind of shocking to me. Sorry. Yeah. You know that uh, that is hard to imagine, even regardless of the QB situation, that a team on a short week would be favored in New England, but I guess that just shows how little respect the odds makers slash markets have for Brissett there, that third string quarterback for New England. Yeah, but with that it opened at that now it's, it's taking quite a bit of New England money or it's moving that way. Um, okay. I won't I won't be I won't be shocked at all if it's New England ended up being a favorite by the end of the week or at the very least a pick 'em. So Yeah, looking like a lot of Houston minus ones and pick right now. Yeah, because you'd, you'd think that people got slapped enough after that first week against Arizona with New England that they might might not want to be back going against them uh, getting points. <laughs> yeah, that's like I know for me my one of my biggest bets of last week that I felt really good about cashing was the uh, Miami second half once Garoppolo got hurt. New England was up 21, and Garoppolo looked just lights out phenomenal. And uh, so they were up 21 there going into the second half, but then it got announced that Garoppolo wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be able to come back in the game. So they had that Jacoby Brissett as their third stringer, and he came in and actually let him do a good drive, but just kind of looked lost in my opinion for the most part. So when they opened that second half of Miami at a pick, it just seemed crazy to me. So I figured when you got a team down like that, usually the second half line will be shaded towards them anyway because they'll be throwing and, you know, potential garbage time points and whatnot. So even if it wouldn't have been the third stringer for New England, usually they'll make the team that's down 21 a little bit of a favorite just for those reasons alone. So when the line got released at a pick, I was pretty shocked, but definitely thankful it played out as easily as it did because Miami ended up went in the second half by 15 or something along those lines. But just, the difference here to by. me. Yeah, exactly. So the difference here, though, is 
Belichick has instead of you know a half hour at halftime to prepare the the third stringer for the game. He's got you know a, not a full week, but four days or what have you to uh, to get him ready and game plan. And so I don't really have a whole lot of interest of of fading Belichick like we've uh, already seen here a couple times this year. Yeah, I don't really have any interest taking Houston on the road, laying points on a Thursday night game. And, yeah, it's a quarterback like that. But he he looked – you can't tell a whole lot, but it's not like he looked god-awful by any means. He definitely looked like he could have potentially be serviceable, and especially if you had him Belichick and the rest of New England. So it's like, yeah, definitely either a New England or stay away from me. Yeah, he didn't look like uh, almost any quarterback Cleveland's had started for him over the last 10 years. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah to me I'd, i don't really have much opinion on the total and yeah i'd agree it's either new england or pass but i i kind of doubt i'll i'll get there more especially the, the thursday night games i think last week kind of proved our we you know talked a little bit about how the thursday night games are just kind of weird and kind of a crapshoot in general and uh that game last week with the jets and buffalo was just a strange game too even though you know i ended up cashing my ticket on the jets it's still just was a strange game and definitely reinforced how weird Thursday nights can be. So now you got another unknown variable, this third stringer, and I think it's just pretty much a pretty easy stay away and maybe just watch the game for entertainment or pull some tidbits of information out. Yeah, I haven't bet a Thursday game yet, uh, yet this year and not plan to start now. It's going to take quite a bit of convincing for me to jump on side or total for those sloppy games. All right. That, uh, I think that sounds good, and I think that's a uh, pretty – Pretty smart decision. So, all right, let's go to uh, start the, the early slate on Sunday here. First game we got is uh, Denver at Cincinnati. What'd you have for that? This one I was pretty shocked about. Uh, again, I had Denver minus one and a half. Ooh, yeah, Denver is a favorite on the road, huh? I had, I had uh, Cincy minus two and a half. So I was a little white, but a little bit closer than you, obviously. Yeah, and looks like it opened at three and a half Cincy, but I. I, I guess I don't respect the Cincy team like other people do or the markets do. I just don't see a whole lot about Cincinnati. Uh, and, and I haven't seen much out of Dalty this year either. I haven't really been a huge fan in the past, but he played pretty good end of last season or pretty much all last season. But the start of this year, I haven't uh, seen a whole lot that I want to jump on board, especially laying points against a stellar defense like Denver. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Has the, uh, the market done anything with it yet this week? Not a whole lot. Uh, not really a whole lot of movement, actually. They, they took it down, actually, for a while. I think earlier today, actually, I looked at it because I was thinking about putting a bet in on Denver and releasing it as a play, official play on aroundsports.com. But uh, only about two or three books, actually, that, I, that I'm at have it up. So, and then now there's a few more that have put it back up. And the reason why is because of that, that Dalty injury. I guess he's list is probable, but they're a little bit uh, worried, I guess, because if, if he was out, I think it would be a pretty huge line move. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was... I saw this on uh, Sunday night, and uh, I saw it open at the uh, sportsbook, and I snapped it up immediately just figuring Denver. I just think Denver's a, a better team than Cincy, and I just don't – I just still don't trust Dalton or really anything. I don't think anything about the Cincy team is much above average as opposed to I think the Denver defense as a whole is – just really good so i figure give me more than a field goal i think it's worthy of a bet and looking at the game a little bit more complexly situational wise it's probably probably a better spot for cincinnati the fact that denver's two and oh now and won two games at home and now they're going on the road 
you know, probably a little fat and happy. And, and since he just came off a losing effort against a division rival in Pittsburgh, that was kind of a weird, sloppy, rainy game. But after a loss like that, they'll probably be pretty jacked up. But at the same time, I know there was a, a trend with the, the Ravens and the uh, Steelers a couple of years ago, back when they used to play their hard hitting physical games that you'd always bet against them on the week after because they exert so much energy in those matchups. And I don't think Cincy Pittsburgh quite has the same fire to it, but I could see a little bit of that being the case where they're a little bit, you know, battered and, and worn out after that game in the rain. And uh, Denver obviously didn't have any, any kind of such deal against Indianapolis last week. Yeah, exactly. It um, I don't know. This is a definitely don't like Cincy too much. I I can see where the line. I, I don't. I still don't really see why it's a three three and a half. It's definitely going to be a game I'm most likely going to be on before kickoff. Uh, just kind of wait and see. I, most of the money I'm seeing still on Cincy. I don't see a whole lot of support for Denver, which I'm kind of surprised about too. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping it'll keep moving up. <laughs> I I doubt it's going to move up because it. It's, I think everywhere it's basically sitting at three now, right? For the most part, I don't. Yeah, are there many three and a halfs left? Yeah, yeah three with a little yeah. juice. But I know it opened three and a half at a lot of places. I think basically any time they they're going to give you that hook, I think people are going to buy it up and take Denver. So I doubt. I mean, you never know, but I, I doubt it's going to go up. If anything, I could see it going below three. Yeah. But I guess we'll see as the week goes on. All right. Um, no other thoughts on that game, do you? No. Okay. Now I'll head over to uh, Oakland at Tennessee. What did you go with there? I had Tennessee minus one. Okay. Yeah, I had Oakland minus one. I just didn't really have a great feel for that one. It looks like Westgate opened it at a pick, so right in the middle is what the difference between me and you. <laughs> there we go. Has there been any uh, movement on it so far this week? Uh, not really. I, I guess a little bit of Tennessee money. It's moving a little bit towards Tennessee, but not a whole lot of movement. Yeah, so I'm showing one, one and a half Tennessee. So I think there's somewhat of an opinion on Tennessee, but the numbers right around zero are, you know, the most insignificant numbers. So it's even a whole point or point and a half is really not that meaningful when it's yeah. right around pick like that. So yeah, take any movement with the grain of salt because before game time, it can move a lot more than that one way. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say for this game and a couple other ones, basically wait until right around game time and then any any significant moves there will come from big opinions but i don't think they'd be showing their hand this early because there's no reason to no reason to jump in right now but uh you got any any opinions on this one uh no i mean if i was i don't even know what i'd have to do if i was forced to pick this game i don't even i'm not even sure where i'd go with it i not a huge tennis i was on tennessee pretty big last week and that I was at I had six points and they end up winning outright, but it definitely wasn't the most comfortable game. It was super sloppy. I we joked about it on the phone, but uh, watch I watched pretty much the whole game because I like I said I had quite a bit of money on it and it was Detroit and uh, Tennessee and every time Tennessee I don't know how many missed tackles they have. It was it was just so frustrating. I, they they had hand tackles. I probably saw twenty to thirty missed tackles and it's just like my God. And then they'd go give up big ten fifteen yard runs. And then every time it'd be a flag that you know Detroit have a hole in or something along those lines and bring it right back. And it was just, yeah. just a sloppy I was going to say the one that one sequence there. I think it was towards the end of the first half. I think Detroit scored a touchdown four times in a row or something along those lines. And every time it got called back from a holding, which 
you know, me and you being Tennessee backers was fine with us, but it was just strange. And, yeah, I don't know if it didn't really feel deserving to necessarily walk away with the outright victory for sure, let alone even the cover there. So that's what I mentioned when we get to Detroit, but I think something like holding calls and, and mistakes like that, those are pretty fixable even from a week-to-week basis. But something like Tennessee, when you're that bad at tackling, it's not like Detroit was just phenomenal at you know shaking tackles or anything along those lines. So like that 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 missed tackling and stuff worries me a lot more for the for the future than than like uh, you know holding calls and stuff. Yeah, I could see that one. One's more likely to be repeatable, and like you said, one's more likely to be fixable than the other. This Sorry. game. Continue. I was just yeah, I don't have a whole lot of opinion, but I, if I was forced to, I guess I'd, I'd I'd lean Tennessee, but I don't think I can lay the points when I after watching that game last week. But what's your opinion? Yeah, I just I just yeah don't really know what to make of it because you got Oakland who you know week one looked decent against the Saints and you're not really sure how good the Saints are or really what to make of that game, and then. They go back and then they play Atlanta, who I'm not high on at all at home, and then basically get drilled by them. So you're not really sure what to make of the Oakland team, but you think they'd have a pretty good effort coming into this one and be focused after, you know, being maybe a little bit too fat and happy last week and then kind of getting refocused there by that Atlanta beatdown. And then with Tennessee, you know, they looked decent against the Vikes for the first half and then fell off. And then last week, even though they won at Detroit, I don't come away super impressed with them. So not really sure what to make of either of them as far as the side. And in terms of a total, I think Oakland, I think they've given up 500 yards two weeks in a row for the first time. And I don't know if it was franchise history or something like it was pretty, pretty ridiculously unimpressive by their defense. And then you got Tennessee who with, uh, was it Malarkey, the, the coach there, just basically running the ball all the time. I think they're definitely an under team. I had I cashed a really easy under ticket on that game last week. So you got two teams I'm not sure what to make of on the side, and I got one over versus one under team. So I think the totals at 47 there is pretty much untouchable too. So I just don't really have a whole lot of opinion here. I think if anything I lean Oakland because I think they have a higher overall ability level if they play the way they can, but I don't necessarily trust them to fly across country on uh, an early start game and come out with a really good effort. So to me, it's kind of wait and see, and I'll be interested to watch this one, but probably won't have any bets on it. Oh, it's just funny, too, how people hopped on Oakland and just jumped on the bandwagon right away after the whatever and in preseason and then first week, and then after last week to – they just people left pretty quick. It's pretty pretty crazy how people can you know move so quickly with the with the team. Yeah, opinion changes rapidly when uh, it should be definitely a little bit more gradual for sure. So all right, let's go to the the next game. We got uh, Arizona at Buffalo. Yeah, what did you have for this one? Arizona. I I had it at Arizona minus five and a half. It's my opener of what okay. I guessed. Yeah, I had Arizona three and a half. Looks like yeah, it looks like Arizona opened at six and a half at the Westgate, and uh, looks like Buffalo's actually taking a little bit of money too. Yeah, I say it looks like it's down to about four and a half or so. Yeah. Which I think, obviously, based on my guess, at three and a half is a little bit more in line with with my thoughts on it. Even though I think Arizona is a much better team, I think situationally it's a better spot for Buffalo. You got you know the 0 and 2 team 
you know, it's a, not a you know pretty much in a must-win situation here against Arizona, who just absolutely killed the Bucks, and now they got to fly across country for an early start game. It just seems like you're going to get Buffalo's best effort versus not really sure from Arizona, and then it's just a matter of is Arizona that much of a better team where Buffalo's best effort can't cover the four and a half five against Arizona's you know question mark effort I don't I don't really know yeah and that's with Buffalo they're basically they're back against the wall here so this is a typical game where you could probably ask a lot of public betters you know and they're going to say how's Arizona you know only with this laying this few points here against a, a shitty Buffalo team but with that being said it's Buffalo just statistically uh, long term if you go to you know, from 0-2 to 0-3, that's a pretty huge jump from trying to get to the playoffs or do anything, you know, make any noise for a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, even though they're most likely not going to. But just from their locker room perspective, that they, they pretty much it's a must-win. Uh, not 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 entirely, but almost to that point. Yeah, and yeah, I'd say to one of your first points there, this this is likely to be a huge sharp square divide where all your average recreational people will be hammering Arizona, putting them in all their parlays, teasing them down to zero or, you know, getting a point or two. And I'm guessing most, if not all, the Sharps will either be on Buffalo or nobody here. So I think that'll be uh, – I'll be really interested whether I get on Buffalo's side or just stay away. I'm really curious to see how this game ends up. Yeah, it will uh, – this is a game where I, I agree – I. I'm pretty high on Arizona too. They look pretty good, and even before last week, I was pretty high on them, and I was on them too. I I backed them last week a little bit. Um, but Arizona's team I like, but this is just a game where I'm not going to be able to bet Arizona on the road like this, and I just take Buffalo and kind of put the bet in and and hope that you know the handicapping plays out right. But it'd be a tough game to watch, I think. Yeah, definitely. I just I think it's kind of funny that uh, Buffalo. I think they scored was it 31 points last week against the Jets and. And after the game, uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, gets fired. But you know, Rob Ryan, the defensive coordinator, is still there. So they yeah, put up 31 points, and it's not good enough to keep your offensive job. But you give up whatever they gave up, 40, and uh, the D coordinator still got his job. So I think, think it might be think a little Rex bit. going to fire his brother or what? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, pretty soon it might be either he gets rid of him or they both are gone. Oh, exactly. So at at 47 for this game. If you know Arizona, is a decently high-scoring team. If if uh, Rob Ryan performs the way he, he has over the last year with the Saints as D coordinator, and now with Buffalo so far, it might be you know a little low there at 47. So it might might be tempted into taking the over here. Yeah, definitely. He might. Uh, if this doesn't work out, to play, he might might be lucky to find a job in what about D3 football or something or what D3 college. I think uh, maybe both of them should just get a TV role somewhere. They could be on the, you know, ESPN two fantasy football recap show or something. Yeah, or start doing some acting. Maybe get an Adam Sandler movie or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so all right, uh, the next game we got is Baltimore at Jacksonville. What'd you have for this one? Baltimore. Oh, this one I was way off. <laughs> um, that's just saying quite a bit for my guesses this week. Uh, I had Baltimore minus five. Baltimore minus five. Wow, yeah, that was a pretty pretty awful guess. I don't know. I I didn't really think that's where it'd be. I thought it'd be more like Baltimore two and a half, but I just kind of assumed it would be 
higher just with the, I don't know, just looking at both teams. I had Jacksonville minus one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks like Westgate opened at about a pick. And, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of movement here on this game either. Okay, it looks like there's – I think I see a little bit of Baltimore money. I see some Baltimore minus ones popping up. But, yeah, not a whole lot, obviously. We yeah, said again, right around the zero zone. again. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, with this game, I'm just kind of far off base. It's kind of another game I'm just going to probably not be involved at all in. I'm not a huge Baltimore fan, and or I don't like what they're doing necessarily, and, and haven't liked a whole lot. And if I think, I, I was like I said, and – I was on, or no, I didn't say that actually, but I was on Cleveland uh, against Baltimore last week, and that was just uh, getting six points. It should have been a pretty easy bring to the window and cash type of game, but uh, as bad as Cleveland is, it's not such a case. And luckily, uh, Wacko for Flacco came into the through a uh, touch uh, interception there in the end zone, so that, that definitely helped quite a bit. Yeah, I, even though they came back and won against that horrible Cleveland team last week, but you got to give them a little credit when they're down 20 nothing like that right away. I still can't be a whole lot more underwhelmed with Baltimore beating, barely beating that terrible Buffalo team and then coming back and barely beating the terrible Cleveland team. I'm not, not really sure what to make of them, but I, I do like Harbaugh as a coach, and I give him a little plus for that. But Jacksonville, they were one of my favorite bets last week, and that was – one I think maybe my only big loser at getting three there at San Diego and I was ready to buy into him a little bit after they kept her close with Green Bay which I thought was a respectable outing and then going on the road to San Diego without Keenan Allen I figured they were in a pretty pretty good spot there to get get to one and one but they just got absolutely drilled by San Diego so I I really don't know what to make of the Jacksonville team either yeah and I don't, I don't think I could back them until I they prove it to me I've been a little higher on San Diego, so I don't think that's entirely Jacksonville. But I don't think they're, especially with their injuries and stuff too. I don't think San Diego is too much of a force to be reckoned with. But Jacksonville just looked awful. Like they, there was just nothing going on in that game. They were just terrible. Yeah, and Bortles, along with Carr, a little bit there for Oakland, but Bortles is just the garbage time MVP. Just putting up putting up stats, and it was like it's it never meaningful. And, but then at the end of the year, his numbers look great, and people are like, oh, look at Bortles. You know, he's coming on and taking a step, and it's like, yeah, do it in some way, like even a little bit of a meaningful game just once before, you know, you start giving him any kind of credit. Because, like, another perfect example last week, they're down 35 rip or whatever it was right away, and then he just, you know, ends up with a decent stat line and after it's a game just completely out of hand. If you, did you hear that stat about how many first-quarter touchdowns yep. he's thrown? That's just uh... – the stat is what? What's the stat of how many first first? I don't know. Was the last three, four seasons, something like that? Yeah, I think this is his third season now. Cause he was in the same year as Teddy, so yeah, it's his third season. So he's, he's played in what is it about thirty games or so? And, and the numbers three three touchdowns in the in the first quarter. Uh, that's just that's just that's just hard to hard to even comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Three first quarter touchdowns and yeah, about thirty games is just horrific and just I think goes to show you that whether it's coaching or for Jacksonville or if it's him starting off slow or whatever the case is, basically they get down early all the time and then he ends up putting up decent stats late when their game's pretty much out of reach. So I just I don't have a whole lot of faith in backing Jacksonville until they prove it to me a time or two here going forward. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'd, even this game, if, even if they do end up winning, I don't like you've already said too. I'm not a big Baltimore believer, and Flacco, I'm not have a whole lot of faith in. And this is going to be a, my opinion, a pretty scrub, scrub against scrub matchup. And I'm not really going to be able to make any definitive, you know, guessing or anything help my handicap going forward from this game. Yep, I agree. This one. Um, this will be one of the last picks I'd even choose to put on one of the eight TVs down here in the basement. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and that's a pretty safe bet. That might be your best bet out of the whole thing, out of the, between yeah, that although, game and that. Although this next one is a is a rival to it. We got Cleveland and Miami. I have zero interest in watching this game too. Yeah, and I uh, my guess for this game is Miami minus two and a half. Uh, but this was before the injury announcement with McCown. Um, so that. Looks like it opened at seven and a half before that, and keep in mind that's with McCown. So, what did you have, and when did you do it, and what did you have? Yeah, I did before the McCown injury too. I had Miami minus six, and uh, I saw when uh, when it opened originally before the McCown deal, there was a seven and a half out there because I just I don't think Miami should be laying more than a touchdown against anybody, and based on the same logic. I'm kind of talking myself into backing Cody Kessler this week, but I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I want any part of that or not. But the fact that the, this Miami team that I couldn't be more underwhelmed with is laying near double digits now is just is hard for me to under, to totally respect. Yeah, and this is um, I don't know. I I think McCown is definitely pretty serviceable. So when it was at seven or six and a half, even when it opened, it's like I don't know. I think that was pretty. Pretty ridiculous, and I, I liked it right away. Obviously, I was pretty light on the number, which I thought was pretty ridiculous. And all of a sudden, once it got up to ten, and I even saw it ten and a half, and that got bought up pretty quick. But I ended up jumping on Cleveland earlier today and released it as a play. I got it at ten, uh, I released it at nine and a half because that was a consensus number. But I don't know. It's hard to imagine that. Like you said, Miami's laying doubles here. Uh, I, I don't know what the, the stat is on that, but it, they haven't haven't done that too often in the last ten years. No, for sure, and. I don't know. There's, I don't think there's not even really much to say about either team. The Cleveland defense is terrible, and yeah, the offense we don't really know what to make of with Kessler at the helm. Everything I've heard from him is he's not really a pro level quarterback. So, Mr. Kessler. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to imagine there's uh, they're going to have a whole lot of success. But then with Miami, I'd, you know the. They ended up coming back a little bit there and at least covering my second half bet on them last week. But I just I wasn't super impressed with their the Seattle deal in week one. I mean, they, they kept it close as big dogs, but, you know, whatever. I don't think Seattle's that great. And then last week against New England, they're just getting absolutely throttled by Garoppolo until the third stringer gets in there and they still – ended up coming up short, so I'm just not really overly impressed with them either, so there's, I don't think there's any way I could possibly lay points with them. And it's just a matter if you want to strap in for a Kessler ride. Yeah, well, supposedly there were reports in the first half that uh, they're, they're having uh, microphone interference and stuff for headset problems for Miami for the first half in Foxborough, so it would be, if they want to use that as an excuse of why they played so poorly, I don't know if, I'm sure it if it's true, I'm sure it definitely was tough, but it's uh, it's hard to imagine it was that big of a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Sure. Anyway, we'll we'll see if there's anything you can really gain from this game here going forward. But uh, it definitely is that, and along with the Baltimore game, are going to be two of my 
least interested to watch of the week. Yeah, it was just hard to take. Like I said, I kind of just took Cleveland out of principle in this game, but it's not like I'm going to be sitting there talking about a lock of the week or anything along those lines because it's very easily it could just be a blowout. But I just kind of out of principle taking doubles against Miami. It's just, it's, I don't I, honestly, I, I could probably be playing quarterback and I'd take ten points here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree. So I think that's enough about that game. Let's go to uh, Washington at the Giants. What uh, what do you have there? I guess the Giants four and a half. What do you have? Okay, yeah, I had the Giants at four. Okay, yeah, it looks like it opened right at, or Westgate opened at, at four, so yeah, right in that area. Um, not, a, not Again, not a whole lot of movement out of this game, I don't think, at least that I can see. It's uh, I, I've heard that people think it might be going both ways on this one, so I'm not really sure what to think about this one either. Yeah, I see some fours and a halfs around, so I think there's been a little bit of a move towards the Giants, but nothing too significant. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, locker room uh, jumbling mm-hmm. around with people complaining about. I've heard some reports and stuff about with Cousins, and they're not really trusting him at the helm and stuff like that. And it seems to me it's pretty early and a little premature, but obviously it, that's what the deal is. So I'm so sure you're that's saying, for them. You're saying you don't like that? No, like that they're. <laughs> As a Cousins joke. Oh, good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Flew right over my head, but no, yeah, I, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm, I haven't, I haven't liked what Cousins has been doing at all this year. But at the same time, it's again back to the public deal. It's funny how quickly people can just turn off of somebody and lose faith in it or ever. Yeah, I still don't really know what to make of the Giants team. Totally, they're they're two and zero, and their defense is, I guess, playing better. But I still. Just don't have faith in Eli or really anything about the Giants. So I don't really have a whole lot of interest in laying four or likely more because I'm guessing if anything is going towards the Giants probably this week. But, yeah, the the chemistry concerns with Washington along with I wasn't really a fan of them in general. And, yeah, I haven't ever been a Cousins guy. and I'm not really a, a Gruden guy. And yeah, I just I think even like paying for Norman and bringing him on the defense doesn't seem like it's likely to help a whole lot, so I just don't really want a whole lot of part of the Washington team either. So for me, it's I don't really know what to make of the, the total either. So to me, it's just kind of another stay-away game. Yeah, I don't know. If you take a look at this guy, he really knows what he's doing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I hear you. This is a, this is a game I don't, again, don't really have much of an opinion on. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's hard, hard to lay points here. I I, I'm kind of a little bit intrigued with the Giants team, but I don't want to go too overboard. But, yeah, it's just hard when they're laying four and a half, five points against a division a division game like this, when, especially when Washington looked pretty awful. So I just yeah. don't uh, don't like it really a whole lot. Yeah, As, uh, I'd lean the Giants, but I just don't think it's profitable long-term to be laying a four or four and a half with a team like that that I just don't trust yet. And Manning's the type of uh, quarterback, too, where he can – not that he's played outstanding by him, and he really hasn't played that great, but he's you know been serviceable, but – He's the type of quarterback that can very easily just get start throwing interceptions after interceptions and, and single-handedly hurting his team. Where you know there's some quarterbacks that can kind of go either way, but he's definitely a either a really good type of, or a decent quarterback, or he could be pretty bad too. Well, he, that won't happen yet. He'll wait until I finally buy into the Giants four weeks from now and load up <laughs> on them and in a good spot, and then yeah, he'll have the five interception, three of them return for touchdown game, where we see 15 Eli faces on the sidelines, and I'm sitting there shaking my head wondering how I could ever feel that confident backing him. So you don't have to yeah. worry about that yet if you're thinking about hopping on the Giants. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, 
That's a good point. <laughs> All right. I don't think either of us have too strong opinions on there, so let's go to uh, Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, this one, I'm another one I'm shocked about. Probably my one I'm most surprised about all week almost is, uh, or one of the two, I guess there's a couple more, but uh, I had Green Bay at minus four and a half. That's what I had for the opener. And this, this is before, or no, I mean, this is right after the game with okay. uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Yeah, we're on the same page because I had Green Bay minus six. And it looks, like, yeah, it looks like it opened at Green Bay at eight at Westgate, which is pretty pretty crazy and i even saw i actually got an eight and a half earlier today uh or i'm not eight and a half i got an eight and it's moved down to seven and a half so that's pretty much what the prevailing number is now at about seven and a half so a little bit of actually a decent amount of detroit money um but uh we'll see where it, i don't i won't think that it'd be moving a whole lot it's, it seems like it's just gonna be all it's gonna be doing is going more towards seven if you ask me yeah i'd agree that's what i saw i took right when it opened i took some eight and then uh, Detroit plus eight, and then I saw eight and a half like ten minutes later, and I was kicking myself thinking like, is this really going to go up towards like ten? And even though it just didn't make any sense to me because obviously we were both on the same page with having Green Bay as a little bit of a shorter favorite, but uh, yeah, now I'm glad to see there's a little bit of Detroit buyback or a decent amount, like you said, from uh, it's obviously sharp sharp money because there's no way the public's jumping early in the week on Detroit against Green Bay. So it's nice to see there's been a little sharp buy on Detroit. And I think uh, Green Bay is obviously you know, likely to bounce back after the tough uh, game against the Vikings. But I just think there's, with their O-line and their lack of a running game and their lack of creativity on offense, it just it's hard to imagine you're saying that about a Rodgers-led team, but... It's a lot of a lot of points for that offense that I've seen the last or the first couple of weeks to to be laying against the Detroit team that obviously you know shoots itself in the foot like a typical Detroit team. It's kind of built in, but uh, you know they've they've actually looked fairly decent outside of that. So it's just just a lot of points to lay. Yeah, and with this one, I feel the same way with Green Bay with the bounce back. But Rodgers, I don't he hasn't looked the same. Like even last season, his numbers were way down, but. Towards the end of the season and everything, he just didn't look. He wasn't making throws you'd typically see him make. And even even last night against the Vikes, he he, he played okay, but he definitely the sh- defense did a great job of shutting down. But there's there's some throws he just missed that he he generally make when he plays against us. Which I haven't and, seen him over overthrow some of those receivers like he did where it wasn't even close and just yeah. about ever. Like he just looked. And yeah, there's times where he looked fine, but there's a couple times where it's like, wow, I just that wasn't Rodgers like. And on the contrary to that, I think Stafford's looked pretty fantastic through uh, two games, or decently fantastic. I don't know how many times yet. Last week, I'm sitting there betting against him. He's you know sitting there making some pretty decent throws or making some good plays, whether it be dump offs or whatever, and and with a lot of pressure from the line, it's like and he look over and then you have you know a holding call or something, and you have to go back an extra ten yards after having a twenty yard play, so you know it costs him thirty yards, and he sits there and look of disgust on his face it's like yeah i feel for you feel for you buddy yeah definitely and i'm i'm kind of interested here in the 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 total too at 48 um detroit i've noticed both week one and week two they've been playing like a a lot faster paced offense they've just kind of been doing a decent amount of no huddling and and really trying to kind of speed up the tempo and instead of focusing on Kelvin Johnson like they have like every play for the last couple of years, they've just kind of been spreading it around, uh, you know, Abdullah and Riddick and, 
whatever Tate and and basically just getting everybody involved. And uh, it seems to be working, even though they didn't score that many points last week. It was just a lot of penalties and, like we said, shooting themselves in the foot. So I think it's been more successful than you would tell just by looking at the box score. So I think that I'd, I'd be kind of curious. I'd definitely lean towards the over here, feeling that Green Bay might be able to get a little bit back on track offensively. And I think Detroit's going to be able to match them for the most part. And I could see that Green Bay maybe, you know, pulling out a three, four point win and both teams scoring, you know, in the high 20s and fairly easily getting getting over and in Detroit would be my take on the game. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would assess that too. I, I, I like Detroit a decent amount here. Uh, it's a, like like you said too. It's a really good spot for Green Bay, which I don't like, but um, I don't. I wouldn't I, say it's a really good spot. I mean, they just played a division rival in prime time, and you, I mean the fact that they lost, they'll probably be a little bit. Yeah, not, maybe not. Maybe not a great spot, but more of a a game that they got to show. This is a pretty good. I think it's a pretty big turn of events type of game. If they come up and show nothing, then people might. I'm gonna say the same thing about Seattle. If they come up and show, this is gonna be a. Definitely, this is you know the type of one that you gotta look closely for because it's gonna shift quite a bit depending on their performance this game. So I don't. I don't know. They're definitely under a microscope. I think so. It'll be. I would think this is a time where they come out. To, but yeah, like you said, it's a good point too. And they're coming off a you know, prime time game against a division rival. But we'll kind of see how it plays out. And that was a pretty. I mean, like. That is a pretty physical game. Kind of like go back to my um, Steelers Ravens. It wasn't quite the same level of physicality in that Vikings Packers game, but you could tell they were definitely going at it pretty good. And Rodgers was, you know, taking a decent amount of hits and felt pretty uncomfortable. And so there might be a little bit of a carryover to that that might negate the coming off a loss factor. But then if you look at Detroit, you know, they blew the game against Tennessee, so I think they're going to be pretty focused too after losing that game at home like that. And I think, was it last year, I think Detroit went into Green Bay and won? And I think, it's from my memory serves right, I think they've been fairly competitive in Green Bay, even though they haven't won necessarily, other than I think maybe last year. I'm pretty sure they've been pretty competitive when they played in Green Bay. So I'd kind of expect more of the same here. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, the last of the early games on Sunday. We got... The Minnesota at Carolina. Yeah, this one I put in Carolina at minus five. Okay. You have? Yep, I had five and a half. So we're it looks like it there. looks like it opened at six and a half from the Westgate, and that was bef- that was pre AP injury, and it looks like it moved about what a full point or maybe even a point and a half. Yeah, so it was at um, before the game. Before the game. Um, the Vikings-Packers game on Sunday night, there was a six and a half during the afternoon. So I bought a little bit of that and uh, figuring that the Vikings were going to come off looking fairly well against the Packers and six and a half is just quite a few points. I don't necessarily think they're going to win in Carolina, but I think it's probably going to be, again, like a three, four point game, maybe a six point game, somewhere in there. And, uh, and then after the game, they reopened it and ended with the AP injury, and then I saw seven and a halves. And uh, so just from that assessment, it looks like they're thinking AP is worth about a point or maybe a point and a half if you would have upgraded Minnesota a little bit after that performance. Yeah, and which... I I don't know. I just 
I don't agree with that at all. I honestly, I don't. I want to say that he'd be a downgrade, but he's. I I definitely wouldn't affect my power ratings at all for Minnesota when when he's out. I don't uh, think he's worth hardly anything. And it's funny how that's everybody. All that everybody talks about is oh AP's out and uh, whatever and no chance. It's like I honestly I feel better about our chances of winning. I don't know from point spread perspective. I don't think it affects it a whole lot, but and obviously the market thinks it does. So I I think I'm about a, a point or point and a half or maybe even two the other way of what I think should happen. Yeah, I completely agree on that. I think the McKinnon and Asiata combo is less than an AP. Well, definitely more likely to be effective, more effective than AP has been this year. But even obviously outside of MVP Adrian Peterson, where he's going for 2,000 yards and just crazy good, outside of that, normal Adrian Peterson or the current rendition that's terrible Adrian Peterson – Either one, I think Asiata and McKinnon are likely to be able to replace that level of effectiveness. But I think the more important aspect of it is I think Norv or the you know Zimmer or whoever's completely controlling the offensive game plan, they focus on AP and trying to get him going and just hand him the ball over and over again when whether it's his fault or the blocking's fault or a combination of the two, it just hasn't been effective at all. And I think that if he's out, tailor a game plan more towards trying to protect against how awful the offensive line has been and also a little bit more, you know, dynamic or a little bit better, a little bit better variety with McKinnon in there. He's a little bit more versatile than AP is. And I think that uh, that's only going to be better for the offense as a whole. So I definitely think if anything, it's an upgrade to have, have him out, which, is a very controversial take according to most of the stuff I've been hearing, especially national stuff where they, I don't think they really have a good feel for, you know, how the team operates. No, yeah, exactly. And even if Bradford, I was not a big Bradford guy, like I said in the pod last week, but I don't know. He played pretty, pretty phenomenal. He didn't miss a lot of throws. Like other than, uh, I was watching that game, obviously, the whole thing from start to finish, and he looked pretty uncomfortable for the first drive in particular, then kind of the second drive and third drive a little bit. But after that, once he kind of settled in a little bit, he, I don't, I, I can't really remember any throws that he really missed that were that off target. So, I mean, not that that's going to continue, but it definitely is a little bit encouraging at the very least. Yep, definitely. And then from a spot perspective, not a great spot for Minnesota coming off the primetime, big win, home opener, a bunch of emotion. Now they're going on the road. 2-0, and feeling pretty good about themselves. And Carolina got right last week against San Francisco, but I think they kind of expected to, so I don't think they're going to be – I don't think spot-wise they're really in a great spot or a bad spot, but I think it's definitely a little bit of a downgrade for the Vikings, so that's a little a little scary and why I wouldn't feel super confident in backing them. But, you know, I still think you're getting – I think that's reflected in the price and then that AP value where they're getting an extra point, point and a half – makes them attractive enough for a bet. Yeah, um, I haven't decided if I'm going to hop on them or not yet because I was, didn't really want to back them this week against Carolina. I'm not going to be on Carolina by any means, but it's just a game I'll enjoy as a fan. But, yeah, once they move it through seven, uh, it's kind of tough to not maybe jump a little, you know, sprinkle a little bit on Minnesota there. Yep, yep, definitely. So, Okay, the uh, start of the afternoon games here, we got San Francisco at Seattle. What would you have for that one? <laughs> and Seattle minus six, so and this, uh, I don't know. I think that was, was, I think was Wilson still kind of in the air. I'm not really sure exactly, but yeah, this was looks like it opened at 
Seattle minus eleventh in the Westgate, which I was this is pretty I was pretty shocked about this line. Yeah, yeah, I I had Seattle seven myself, and I when I first went and looked at the lines, I saw an eleven, and I was thinking like, wait a minute, I'm. I must not totally be processing this. Your eyes are screwed this. up or something? Your computer's yeah. messed up? Bad screen? <laughs> no, I, w- I was just thinking, like, I'm like, I must be not be factored in something here. Is, you know, is Cody Kessler starting for San Francisco too, or what's going on here? Because <laughs> I, I don't see how Seattle could possibly be laying double digits to anybody, let alone uh, maybe, you know, slightly below average San Francisco team. It was just, so I snapped up the 11 immediately. Well, they've looked. I mean, they've, they've looked pretty, pretty, good, pretty good. What they've had a whole what one touchdown since the first two games on yeah. offense. Yeah, <laughs> and they they barely snuck by a Miami like a mediocre to bad Miami team at home on a last second play, and then they go on the road and get you know not not super convincingly beat by the Rams, but they definitely didn't do anything to to look that good, and they, they put up a whole field goal against. The Rams team that looked like they might have been the worst team in the history of the league the week before against the San Francisco squad. So I know that spot-wise, coming back home one and one off the bad loss where they did absolutely nothing on offense, you know, they'll probably be pretty focused and they might come out hot. But I just, I just don't know how you can have any faith in them being able to produce the offense with that horrible offensive line to to cover double digits. What they scored. What uh, twelve, six, eighteen points in two games, right? Yeah. And and then now they're trying to lay lay in ten, laying doubles against. Uh, it's like I, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how seven and a half a game is mediocre yeah. to bad team. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know, I don't know who's laying this this price, or I don't, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. Uh, it, I haven't bet San Francisco yet. I'm kind of waiting to see where it where it goes and seeing if I can get a little more a little more out of it, but I don't think I will, but um, it's just, it's hard to imagine, and too many people are going to be on Seattle here. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm down, not down, but I, I don't really think a whole lot of San Francisco either, so for me, the part of the equation is just a total Seattle fade, and just hoping that San Francisco can play halfway confidently enough where they don't totally screw you over, and you know, Gabbard throws a couple pick sixes or anything to blow the cover, because I did I don't see if if there's not weird stuff like that happening, or San Francisco doesn't totally shoot themselves in the foot. I just I don't see Seattle covering this. No, I I don't know. Between this game and the Cleveland game, it's hard to imagine if you take Cleveland and San Francisco double digits against Miami and Seattle, you're not going to make money long term with something like a proposition like that. But yeah, we'll at the worst, go one and one. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. All right, yeah. So we think we're in agreement on that. Um, so the next game here we got is the those L.A. Rams off that huge win against Seattle there uh, against they're, Tampa Bay. What do you mean? They're on a roll. They're on fire. <laughs> no one's gonna be able to stop them. Yeah. So what did you have for the the Rams at the Bucks? Uh, I had the Bucks here at minus three is what I pegged them at. Three. Interesting. I, I had five and a half. It looks Wild. like the Westgate opened at minus three and a half Tampa Bay. So um, yeah, kind of kind of in the middle there, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a game I don't really have any interest in. It looks like Tampa Bay's taking a little bit of money, or actually more money than I would expect, actually. Um, it's moved a good point and a half or even two points, uh, so that's pretty crazy. I don't know. I, I I guess it's more probably fading the L.A. team, but I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on this game? Well, I went to put in Tampa at uh, I think sports betting, 
and uh, it was sitting three and a half, like the second it opened. And I just, you know, go down the games one by one. And by the time I got down to that game, I went and put in the bet at three and a half. And by the time I put it in, it already had gone to four. So then I locked it in at four. But the, uh, I just, yeah, I think the perfect letdown spot for the Rams. And if they look even close to as bad as they did opening night, it'll be an easy cover for Tampa. And Tampa comes to look much worse, just getting absolutely throttled by Arizona there. So you'd think Tampa would come back hearing how bad they are all week and being supremely focused. And I think talent-wise, Tampa's by far the better of the two teams. So I don't know, getting up to here where you're laying, you know, more than five is a dicey proposition because I don't totally trust Tampa after, you know, any, they're capable of doing what they did last week. But I think at three and a half, four, it's, uh, I definitely feel fairly confident in, in Tampa Bay coming out with a pretty good effort. And if they can get their offense going, I just don't think the Rams offense can match Tampa. Yeah. Uh, that's, this is a game where I, I get all real quick on a side note. <laughs> that last game, Seattle, San Francisco, when William Hill just moved from 10 to nine and a half on Seattle. So it's maybe taking some money here, but, um, yeah, I, with this game, I, I like Tampa Bay quite a bit, like you said, in the spot. I would, I would take them in a heartbeat at three and probably take them at three and a half if I had, uh, would have saw that. I didn't I didn't get to the lines right away this last weekend. But, yeah, that a five and a half, four and a half in that dead zone range, and it looks like it's probably going to keep going up. I don't I don't really have a whole lot of interest in laying that many points either. Um, uh, but, obviously, that would be the only way I could look would be the Tampa Bay side. Yeah, I agree. And then what's uh, – what do you, do you have any thoughts on the total? No, at 42, 41 and a half, right around in there. Um, I got, I generally, I think Tampa is a little bit more of an over team as I trust Jameis to usually put up his fair share of points. And I don't to- totally trust their secondary. So I think they're a little bit prone to higher scoring games. So that would be kind of low. But based on the Rams team, I don't know how you could take them over and. So the way, the way they scored nine points last week and zero the week before. So, and I just have no faith in Keenum or their offense. So, I, I mean, I guess I just, yeah, the, the number's low enough where I don't feel confident taking it under with Tampa, but it's also I just don't have any confidence that the Rams are going to contribute their portion of the points to taking over. So, to me, it's just a stay away. Yeah, a total stay away for me, so I think we should get to the next game. <laughs> All right, sounds good. The next game we got is Pittsburgh at Philly. Yeah, this one I had Pittsburgh minus three and a half, and this is before the Monday night game, um, which and it looks like it opened at Pittsburgh minus five and a half at the Westgate. Okay. Where yeah, I had Pittsburgh minus four here. Okay. So, yeah, um, and it looks like Pitts, after that Philly, which they did look, I'm not, I wasn't a big Philly supporter, but they did look pretty impressive last night against a not very good Chicago team, but still they played pretty decent, but it looks like there's, a little bit of Philly money coming in, um, and it's going down. Right now it looks like it's about a three-and-a-half prevailing number uh, with Pittsburgh. Yeah, for to me on this one, I think Pittsburgh's looked pretty good. Obviously beating down on Washington and then uh, prevailing fairly comfortably against Cincinnati in a weird rain game. And then, yeah, Philly, you can only beat who they put in front of you, but you know, beating Cleveland and then the Bears team, which I think might be worse than I thought. I don't give them some credit, but I definitely don't upgrade them a whole lot. And I'll be kind of curious to see how they play against a a good team. But that being said, even if they do 
beat Pittsburgh here. You know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll upgrade them a little bit more, but Pittsburgh off of the Cincinnati game, then two and all. I mean, Philly's two and all as well. But I, I wouldn't. Uh, I think it could. This could be a potential if Philly does win. I think this could be a potential fooling result going forward. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of equity into it and take away too strong of conclusions, regardless of what happens in this game. And I don't really want to lay points with Pittsburgh on the road here, but I also don't trust Philly necessarily either. So to me, this one's a pretty easy pass as well. Yeah, I'm not going to, not any interest in Philly. I think the only way I could look is towards Pittsburgh here, uh, especially if it keeps moving towards Philadelphia's way. But I don't think I'd ever, I don't think, I, I think, don't think it's going to get to the number I'm going to want to bet it at. So, yeah, I think it'll be another stay away. Not would on. you bet Pittsburgh at three? Yeah, I would take Pittsburgh at three pretty easily, I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. I guess I should maybe backtrack a little bit on what I said. If if it does get down to Pittsburgh three or definitely less, then I'd probably be interested in Pittsburgh's side. And I don't think it's going to get there, though, but if it did, yeah. I see a three-and-a-half even money here at, uh, at the win. So, it's. I mean, when you're talking about – Three and a half even money with 120 juice to the dog. You're only, you know, one tick away from going to three with 120 juice towards Pittsburgh. I think that'd be a pretty solid bet. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, I hope it does. I guess I'd be on them, but um, I don't know, little Wentz looked pretty good. A lot more, a lot, a lot better than I expected him to. I, I, just, I thought for sure he was just going to fold like a pup tent under pressure like that with the the, the game and everything uh, on primetime Monday night game. So I'm a little impressed with that. So we'll kind of see how he looks going forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the uh, next game we got here is the Jets at Kansas City. I had Kansas City pegged at minus two and a half. Okay, yeah, I had Kansas City three. Okay, it looks like the Westgate opened at four, Kansas City, and... Yeah, maybe a little bit of money towards the Jets. But yeah, it's, not... I saw when the lines first came out, I saw Kansas City three and a half, so I scooped up some Jets because I just didn't think the hook was deserved at all in the three for Kansas City. So I, uh, I bought some Jets plus three and a half because I think these teams are pretty equal and, I don't know, spot-wise. Spot like the Jets have had a little extra time to – prepare after the Thursday night game and even though they won off a division win it's still I don't know I don't think that they feel super overconfident after beating that Buffalo team and then Kansas City losing to Houston like they did they might be a little bit refocused but I don't trust them I don't think they're that much better than the Jets where they can really impose their will so for to me it's just Kansas City by a field goal feels right and if it was less than three, I'd be somewhat tempted to take Kansas City, and when it's more than three, I'm absolutely scooping up the Jets. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I'd take Kansas City. I'm kind of wavering right now. I don't think I can do it at three, but at yeah, two and a half, I definitely put a bet in on Kansas City. And I don't know the Jets would take quite a bit of points for me to get up there. Cause I just don't. I mean, I don't know. They looked okay, but I don't really want to be backing them. But this is another game. I'm probably just not going to be betting. Yeah, and it's hard to take away with too much confidence out of that Thursday night game, but. They were moving the ball at will, and I think their offense has the potential to be sneaky good. Is that like moving Marshall the ball at will against against that stellar D coordinator, or what? <laughs> That's right, but still, like with Marshall and Decker, I I think I highly respect both of them as receivers. 
and Fitzpatrick's, you know, whatever. I think he's okay to a slightly above average. But I I think as a whole, and Forte's, you know, has looked pretty solid so far this year. So I think I think their offense is going to be pretty good. To, you know, not spectacular, but definitely above average. And then their defense, I'm not totally sure what to make of it. Revis got burned a couple times, uh, which is troubling. They gave up a couple of huge bombs to, to Taylor, so... I don't, I don't totally trust their defense, but I think that their offense is going to be a net positive for them. Whereas Kansas City, I mean, I I think their defense is you know okay, but it, that's you know their offense really hasn't done a whole lot yet, and I just don't really trust them that much. So if, if that's deal where you can get more than a field goal and there's one unit I have more faith in than any other unit in the game, I think it's worthy of a bet in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, if you don't have any strong other strong feelings or no. takes in the game, do you? No. Okay. All right. So the last afternoon game here, we got San Diego at Indianapolis. Yeah, this one I had Indy at minus four and a half. All right. Yeah, I had Indy minus two. Okay, and it looks like kind of split the difference there. Westgate opened at Indy minus three, even money it looks like. Um, and a little bit, little bit of San Diego money, which I can see. Or not, maybe, really not. I guess not a whole lot, but it's kind of sitting right where it was. But um, I don't know. I, I can kind of see both sides. Of this. I, my first instinct was to take Indianapolis after an 0-2 start and have a little bit of fire. And I still like last week. I think it was most more so because of Denver's defense shutting them down more than Indy or Luck or anything like that. So I think this could be something where it could take advantage of San Diego's defense. But the the problem I don't really the reason why I don't really want to get involved right away right now is mainly because all the injuries on the indies indies defense i don't uh, i think i think philip river and san diego could have a heyday uh, again this week but um i could see it going either way with that but that, that those injuries are really make me nervous yeah I, I bet san diego plus three uh, minus 110 at the open figuring that the only way it's going to move is towards san diego because the uh, it seems like the markets haven't really been in love with Indy too much here early, and with all the how terrible their defense is to begin with, and then uh, all the injuries, it's just hard for me to imagine them getting a whole lot of support anytime in the near future. And then the only troubling thing with San Diego is the fact that it would have, after Keenan Allen's out, basically um, Rivers' top two options are both gone now. So are they going to be able to, you know, figure out a way to replace them? or not i guess we'll see and i'm not not really high on san diego but i just think indy's really flawed they're just such a i don't know just a team that i just don't really like or trust at all so i figure i'll take the three with san diego and then even now there's i see a handful of two and a half so if i if i want i can buy basically buy off and just have the the free Free shot at the three for a middle or a you know tie tie win, or uh, if it does happen to move down closer to pick, which I think there's a chance it could, then it might have you know even a little bit better of a window. So I'll probably end up with San Diego, but I also I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if Indianapolis does have a decent performance coming off two losses. So I I don't feel super strongly about it, but I do think San Diego is a better team. Yeah, and I guess this is one where you're on different sides here because I'm pretty much only looking towards the indie side, and on my screen it looks like indies it's going towards the indie. I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
looks like it's a lot of a lot of indie money and it looks like it's gonna go that way and maybe get to a full three or whatever so i don't know i don't i don't foresee it getting anywhere close to a pick uh or even, or even in the one one and a half dead zero, dead zone so indie um, money where are you seeing that look it open pretty much three everywhere and then it got bet down and then the only place yeah, it, it kind of got bet down and now it looks like it's kind of i think it's going to go back either stay where i don't think it has any chance of getting to a pick but, well, the markets haven't bet Indy all all year, and I doubt they're going to be. The only the only reason I could see them doing that is if they really just were low on San Diego after the Woodhead and Keenan Allen injuries, and the fact that San Diego looked so good last week. And but yeah, I just I don't really see any Indy money yet, and I doubt there's going to be a whole lot going forward. Yeah, I hope you're right because if it gets lower, if it, like if we got in that pick range or even the one probably, or I'd. I'd definitely hop on Indy, but I just don't. The only thing that shies me away is all the injuries and right now. Well, there's a lot of two and a halfs right now, and two and a halfs. If you like, if you like the Indy team, two and a halfs not that different from pick. So I think two and a half would be worthy of a bet if that's the case. Yeah, but um, like I said, I don't know. That point or two, it's not a huge deal, but like a, like a pick from a two and a half, it's a little bit of a difference. So I'll wait and see. All right. So yeah, we're. I guess the money line's still 150, so it wouldn't be worthy of attaching that instead of just taking the two and a half. But anyway, all right. Uh, under the Sunday night game, we got Chicago at Dallas. Yeah, this one I had Dallas minus one and a half, but this is before this is Sunday night, so this is before the injury for Chicago, before Hoyer was announced as a quarterback, and before their horrific performance. Uh, What'd you have this one pegged at? Yeah, I had Dallas minus three, but same caveats as you. And it looks like Westgate opened at Dallas minus four. And now it's after the injury, it's been, looks like Dallas is anywhere from, it looks like pretty much seven across the board, minus seven. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Everyone is talking talk about how bad Cutler was and stuff, and he looked pretty awful towards the end of the game, but I think a lot of that had to do with his hurt hand because he looked, pretty good at the start of the game i thought uh, i was on chicago a little bit and i like i mentioned earlier was on the under um not 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 he didn't look good but i don't think great or good but he looked he looked serviceable and uh but he basically i think there was a night and day difference from after he got injured from before he got injured so everyone was basically judging their what they thought of cutler after he got injured it's like well that's not i don't think that's too fair of an assessment no i i agree with that and i I've, I've been a cutler defender for a long time thinking He's got a decent amount of talent, you know, obviously a huge arm, and uh, I think he takes a lot more flack than he than he should a lot of times. But over the last year or so, I've kind of it's been harder and harder for me to to be a defender of his and kind of kind of rate him much more highly than anybody else. So I'm just kind of getting slowly and slowly more disenchanted with him. But I, I would agree with the the injury there. But I don't think there's really much of a difference between him and Hoyer in terms of how it should be evaluated with the way he's been playing recently. So, I don't know. I don't really trust that after that performance by Chicago, you'd expect him to bounce back and get in a full seven is definitely kind of intriguing. But I don't know. I don't know if I really want to take that Bears team either. So, I just, no. to me, it's either Bears or nothing. But I, I'm not really sure what to make of either of these two teams at the moment so I think to me unless something changes drastically it's just 
watch this one. Yeah, well, yeah, it can be a thrilling, you know, a little Hoyer, Hoyer v. Prescott Sunday night football. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. And that, not, these two teams, to me, are, are, can't be a whole lot less sexy in terms of what I want to watch or find enjoyable. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you here. It's either a Chicago or pass, but I was on Chicago, not myself, but uh, I met some bets last week. On, Chicago, or on Monday, I guess yesterday. It seems like a week ago, but uh, yesterday on Chicago, I just uh, was pulling like pulling teeth out, and their defense kind of was playing okay for a while there, and then they just didn't look good, and um, the offense fell apart, and they had some turnovers, and just like yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really a whole lot of interest watching them on a prime time again. And we got what two more games of Chicago in the next next couple of weeks, well, next month or something like that on prime time. Yeah, we chock full of Chicago prime time here, so it's. Unfortunate to say the least. So you get to refamiliarize yourself with Brian Hoyer here pretty well in the next few weeks. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so all right, let's go to the Monday Nighter. You got Atlanta at New Orleans. Uh, this one I had. I was kind of shocked too. New Orleans had a pick, or I guess the game had a pick. What'd you have? Yeah, I had New Orleans two and a half. Okay, it looks like Westgate opened New Orleans three and a half, and. Um... I don't know, not a whole lot of movement. It kind of is open a little bit. Right now it's at New Orleans about three, maybe with a little bit of juice, but yeah, not a whole lot of movement on this game. I think that's pretty significant, though, that the hook's gone. Yeah, well, I saw I saw some threes. Like Westgate opened three and a half, but they quickly moved off that. So, I mean, yeah, from the Westgate opener, it moved. But well, I got a little three and a half in my pocket as well, so I, I saw that immediately at... I took it right away because I'm like, there's no way they're, they're going to stay at three and a half. And uh, I don't see any three and a halfs left, so I'm glad I got that hook in my pocket. Yeah, I don't know. That's, this is a game where I, just even with the ranking, I had made a pick, and I'd, I'd go Atlanta, but I just, Atlanta's a team I just hate backing. So, yeah, you got the good especially number. After, especially off a huge, you know, pretty convincing win against Oakland going on the road. They're going to be uh, riding a little high, but I think they should be able to refocus here going into a division rivalry primetime game. I think you should get both these teams' best efforts. So I don't think motivation is really going to be a question, and I don't think there's a whole lot of difference in these two teams. I don't really like or trust either of them. So to me, it's basically, if anything, off three. I, if it's less than three, I'd be a little tempted to take New Orleans, and if it's more than three, I'm absolutely grabbing Atlanta. So none of one of those games for me. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't have any interest back in Atlanta. I just don't like anything that they're they're doing. I don't like Matt Ryan a whole lot. I think he hasn't shown a whole lot of promise for me. So that's what like the Saints are somewhere I can kind of come in if I'm get, like even last week when I'm getting five and a half six points. That's somewhere I can come in where they can you know get they can cover pretty easily and kind of stick with them. Maybe not win the game. And I like them in a spot like that. But I really don't like New Orleans laying points here. Um, but with Atlanta, I just don't. Yeah, I mean three and a half. I would obviously. Uh, I'm right even right now. I'm looking at I'd have to look at Atlanta, but I'm not. Really, really think about putting a bet in on, even on them, so I'm kind of just going to stay away and enjoy these two uh, thrilling Sunday and Monday night games next week. Yeah, interestingly enough, both these teams cashed for me last week, and uh, you were on Atlanta last week. Oh yeah, I took Atlanta oh. at. Uh, I missed the uh, missed that six and a half, but then I ended up finding a a five that I talked myself into, which. Obviously, you know, you don't want to get the the worst of the number, but I just uh, I like the spot enough for Atlanta, so I ended up going with them and it ended up working out. But that being said, even though I cashed with both of them, and New Orleans held on there with that interesting 
you know, end of the game decision making by um, the the Giants coach with McAdoo when he just kneeled on the ball twice there at the goal line instead of punching him in for the touchdown, which obviously I was rejoicing about because I had the Saints there, and uh, that was nice to see. But yeah, I don't. Uh, even though they both cash for me, I don't really like either team or have a lot of faith in either. I'm going forward. Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, that's uh, the whole slate there for next week. So, um, now let's go to uh, go over to the concept corner. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner and uh, talk a little bit about uh, this week's theme in betting theory. And uh, our theme for this week is. We talked a little bit about it last week, but just reemphasizing how important uh, getting certain numbers are. And uh, first, we'll start off with you know you said you had some uh, data about what the most important numbers are and how often uh, each game in the NFL lands on certain numbers. So you want to go through and break that down here quick? Yeah, sure. We'll try and make it pretty quick here. Maybe maybe uh, retouch this later and go in more detail when we have more time, but. Right now, yeah, real quickly, I thought it was pretty interesting. I had an article a couple days ago that came in. Um, but, yeah, the games that land on three since, I think, 2003 in the NFL, uh, that happens a little shy of 19% of all the games. So that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Just almost 20%, basically, the games land on three. Uh, so if you talk about a three to a three and a half, if you're getting the hook from a plus three to a plus three and a half, you're talking about a push from a winning bet, and that's, you know, Say you're betting $100, and that goes from you know breaking even to winning $100, and that happens 20% of the time. It happens a lot more than I'm assuming most people probably think. Uh, the next number is 7, which is just shy of 12%, and then 10 at 8%, and then 6 is, uh, then it kind of goes down from there, but 6 and 4 at about the same, uh, right around 6.5%. So kind of just something to keep in mind when you're making bets. If um, the, the the hook from the half a point, they can you – know, nine and a half to like a ten and a half for example or even even more of an example two and a half to three and a half but that doesn't move around as much but even just that in seattle game that nine and a half and you can get a ten and a half of juice like that's a pretty pretty huge difference there and when you talk about you know an eight eight percent of the games landing on on that number so yeah definitely so just quickly to recap the most important numbers down the line is three seven ten six four correct correct Okay, so I just keep that in mind that those are the most important numbers, and three is you know the absolutely most key number, just due to how many of those games set almost twenty percent on a field goal. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to which numbers are are moving around, because if it's moving around a one or a five or you know a twelve, there's a lot of dead numbers that really don't mean much of, of at all of a move. And there's other ones that are extremely important, so you just want to be conscious of that and uh, make sure to line shop if you if you can. If you have one book that's dealing a you know a three, and another one that's dealing a three and a half, that plus three and a half is a significantly better bet than the plus three. So you just want to be be conscious of that and uh, try to do the best you can at getting the number going forward because it can drastically increase or decrease your overall profitability. And yeah, definitely. And um, I want to say real quick too uh, that, that he mentioned the importance of the number. That's why, even when I've been betting for the last year and a half, or a little bit longer than that, uh, almost two years, it's crazy how much the you, the money that I bet, how much the difference the number makes, how much 
you can have someone that breaks even, and I've had a huge difference just by getting a better number, even though I'm betting the exact same game and the exact same outcome. And a lot of that has to do with NHL and MLB for money lines. But even with this, you know, you can get a minus 105 instead of a minus 110, or you can get a, a 3 instead of a 3.5 if you get it at the right time or at a different book. Uh, that can make a bigger difference between, a, like I mentioned earlier, a, a push or a win or a push and a loss. Um, so like someone like me, I right now I have money in 15 different sports books. So like, that's obviously a little, a little bit of a stretch for most people. So you can't, that's not too practical, but even, you know, just having money in one book compared to like, you know, two or three or four, that's even that can make a pretty big difference. Just be yeah. able to shop just a little bit. Yeah. You don't want to have the mentality of, Oh, here's a game. Which side do I want to bet? You want to have the mentality of, okay, here's a game that I'm going to bet or, or, you know, here's a game and there's four different you know lines or available numbers that I can buy and if you decide that one of them's attractive enough then you want to for sure get the best of of all of your available options instead of just saying oh I want this side I'm going to take it blindly at this one book that I have and if you're doing that that's fine but then just make sure you're betting small amounts of money where it's strictly for entertainment purposes and you don't have any expectations of actually winning long term because you're basically up against it you have no chance essentially in the long run because it's tough enough even if you do get the best numbers um, all the time so just be cognizant of that going forward yeah exactly and one real quick thing is just with the numbers in general um i forgot what i was gonna say whatever uh if I, i'll maybe bring, bring it up in a, a later concept corner uh edition but for now we'll maybe i'll just let it go okay i think that uh that wraps that up. And um, so anyway, now let uh, let us go to our AS Pick of the Week here. The AS Pick of the Week. Rob, uh, where are you looking this week? Well, um, there's a lot of games that we weren't didn't have too big of a pain on, at least me, myself. Um, I already released two plays, like I mentioned, during the, the breakdown of the games. So the, the one I'd probably say the most is probably the Detroit. I got them at eight. Now it's at seven and a half. I still like him quite a bit at seven and a half, uh, especially after like we just talked about that hook off of seven like that. But since I released that, I think I'll go to one that I haven't released. Uh, at least I haven't as of yet. I, I like Denver quite a bit uh, on that on the three right now. It looks like you can get three at even money at some shops or actually a handful of shops. Um, I don't really like a whole lot from that Cincinnati team of what I've seen and uh, Denver with that stellar defense and they. Just, I don't know if they just don't get a whole lot of support or what and I. You'd think they have quite a bit, but with Super Bowl champions and everything, but I don't really know why Cincy is this big of favorites uh, at home like this after a big game against Pittsburgh last week. So you're going Denver? I'll go Denver, yeah, for my, my pick of the week. All right. Um, yeah, I have a couple different choices here, but I don't like as much as I have in the first couple of weeks because there's yeah, I agree a that. handful of games that we just totally passed on. But I think for mine I'm going to have to – go with san francisco i personally got 11 on the game but uh you can still find tens that are pretty frequent and i don't know how long they're going to be around because it's oh, another one just moved to nine and a half i better <laughs> okay. get in on this <laughs> yeah yeah they're uh i wouldn't expect there's going to be tens at kickoff unless unless the public comes back on seattle hard but i just don't quite see it so if i were you i'd lock in a 10 sooner rather than later because it's hard to imagine it's going to go up above that ever again this week so my pick of the week is going to be san francisco and yours is denver so we'll uh start off next week with recapping those two games 
in particular and uh, keep a running total of our, our picks here for the rest of the year going forward. So thanks for uh, jumping on the pod, Rob, and uh, we appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you in week three. Yeah, it's always my pleasure, always a fun, uh, breaking down the games, kind of talking through them, getting a good feel for them, and although this week I don't really like the card a ton, but still got to you know, break it down a little bit, so we'll kind of see where the market goes the rest of the week and see if we can strike a little more value out than we have so far this week. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.